0: What are your favorite acronyms? FBI, SEC, CIA? What? How about ABC, CBS, NBC? CNN, fake news. (laughs) BRB, OPP. Yeah, you know me. Well, here we're partial to ICO. And in today's episode, we're going to introduce you to a variety of companies seeking to change the world or at least they're vertical, by launching a utility token. They're here to share their master plans with you, and we think it's going to be OMG. You may LOL. You may say WTF, but you're listening to the BCP. So here comes a sponsored ICO Spotlight Edition of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four. And welcome to the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious and those that aren't afraid of the crypto anagrams because we're all about them. Anagrams,
1: anagrams,
0: acronyms. That's what I meant. Acronyms,
1: anagram. anagram is where you take a phrase and then mix the letters all around and come up with a new phrase.
0: Oh, we should do that. Should we play anagrams? You ever play bananagrams? <laughs> no, I have not. Well, maybe you should maybe it wouldn't make you so grumpy, Mr. Travis, right in always, Mr. oh, I'm going to correct Joel's words because
1: he correct Joel, because he's not wise with his words,
0: unwise, even. Oh, my gosh. This is why we're bad, gang. And this is why we leave in the badness, because, hey, we're just a couple of real guys that are passionate about crypto. We love exploring this blockchain space. And apparently you do, too. So thanks to the thousands upon thousands of you that tune in for our episodes and listen. And thanks for all the times that you write us. This is an ICO spotlight edition. What does that mean Mr. Travis, right?
1: Well, that means we are talking to some of the top ICOs. We've we have a lot of conversations with ICOs, people who would like to be on the show, but we have a vetting process and we want to bring people onto the show that are doing unique things and we want to talk to companies that are solving unique problems. And one of the things that we've decided to do is to put all of the ICOs into one episode. Now, before, what we used to do is, like, sometimes we would put an ICO in, like, a regular numbered episode. and But what we've decided on, Mr. Joel Kham, is to actually put all of those ICOs into this one episode. That way, if you want to listen to ICOs and learn about these uh, problems that these different companies are solving, you can. And if you don't want to, you can skip it and then go on to the very next episode. Uh, we wanted to make that uh, that simple for you, right, Mr. Joel Kham?
0: But then if, if you do skip it, you're going to miss out on some cool stuff because whether or not these companies are successful in their ICO raise and their token sale and whether or not they're successful in their execution of their product is really not why we're here. We're here because they have cool ideas. And if they are able to be successful and implement this, then they will change and revolutionize their industries. And that's what, you know, blockchain is all about to us. So everybody that you're going to hear from today, these are sponsored interviews. That means that we are being compensated for the time that the companies were uh, that are on the show are here with us, and we are not making any recommendations of any of these coins, tokens, or whatever um, they're going to call them on the, the show, uh, nor do we ever make any recommendations at all. We just want to share the information for you. We want it to be entertaining and enlighten you to the possibilities of blockchain.
1: You know what? And that's one thing, Mr. Joel Kahn. One of my missions has been to you know, help make a dent in the universe. And there's a lot of people out there who are thinking that uh, blockchain and some of these blockchain companies are decentralizing a lot of these industries and making the world a better place, which that's really what excites me. Money's never really motivated me, Mr. Joel Kahn, doing epic things with epic people, solving big problems and making the world a better place. That's one of the things that excites me, and uh, that's one of the things that we get to do by bringing some of these companies to you guys.
0: We're gonna talk the four T's of ICOs, Tech Timeline, Team, and Tokenomics. So, let's get started. This is an interesting predicament we find ourselves in because Mr. Travis Wright has almost no voice of this recording. Do you, Trav? That is true. <laughs> uh, because we just had the big Bad Crypto South by Southwest meetup here in Austin yesterday. Of course, uh, you guys will hear this. Uh, his voice should be recovered by the time you hear this. And then other events and you know, all those people, all that yelling. You would think um, Travis might have a virus, but... He doesn't. He lost. He just, lost his, he just <laughs> lost his voice. I sound like Peter Brady. Your your computer might have a virus, and which is why you might use one of many different antivirus software tools to de-virusify it. Well, Steve Bassey is the CEO and founder of Polyswarm, P-O-L-Y-Swarm.io, and they are claiming to be the world's first decentralized antivirus marketplace so steve welcome to bad crypto
2: thanks guys i'm gonna steal devirusify by the way
0: yeah you can use that Uh, trademark just put tm joel on there i've got wordified trademarks all over the place so tell us steve about the the problem that uh, you think needs to be solved and uh, why blockchain is the place to do
2: it sure so we've had um Anti-malware software, antivirus software, for the past you know 20, 25 years, and it's all been produced by a single vendor, and, and it's it's worked to varying degrees, and that's okay. Um, but we're hoping to basically change that and uh, sort of create a crowdsourced antivirus uh, that we're calling Polyswarm, and the idea is that security experts around the world sort of plug in their little uh, micro engines to it, and the the umbrella protection gets uh, much much broader and, and much better than it would with a single vendor solution.
0: Maybe uh,
2: elaborate on that, because I'm, I'm not
0: sure I see the extra benefit, and I really want to understand, because if I don't get it, they're not going to get it
2: either. Sure, sure. So th- the idea is, like, today you pay a subscription fee into, into one of the big antivirus companies, a McAfee, Symantec, whoever, right? And them and their little fleet of developers, uh, they produce an antivirus software piece of product, right? And they provide it with updates and that's all great. Unfortunately, if you're, say, a McAfee customer and they happen to miss a new virus that week, uh, but, say, Symantec, their competitor picks up on it, you as a McAfee customer aren't protected. So our, our, our central idea is that instead of paying that subscription incentive to a single company, uh, you should pay it into PolySwarm and PolySwarm should be responsible for taking that subscription incentive and using it to incentivize a worldwide group of security experts to sort of come up with uh, new protections against new threats faster than one company can.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a pretty solid idea. Um, I was the global digital strategist for Semantic for the Norton brand. And as you can tell, my voice is hoarse pretty bad. Uh, talked a lot <laughs> yesterday. Um, now, is this for desktop and mobile? Or what exactly is this? Or is it all-encompassing?
2: Sure. So the idea is that PolySwarm is a, is a sort of a generic antivirus backend and you can plug in multiple front ends to it. So that would mean desktop, Windows and Mac. It would also mean things like mail servers where actually you've, you don't realize it. But every time you send an email, especially in more, most corporate environments, that those attachments are virus scanned at the mail server um, but on both sides. Interesting.
0: And how is this going to function? And I see on the website you have a Nectar token NCT is the symbol. So, how does it actually work?
2: Um, so, I'll, I'll start off a little broad and then and then narrow down. The basic idea is that um, you know, in lieu of a traditional fiat subscription payment, uh, enterprises and uh, consumers sort of obtain nectar, sort of like you would prepaid cell phone minutes, mm-hmm. and those those tokens are actually used to pay. Uh, for antivirus services as they're consumed, either through the enterprise desktop or the user's desktop or mobile in some cases. On the back end, uh, security experts create sort of software that we call micro engines. And that software can look for threats and say like a PDF or a Word doc, something very narrow, or they can look for malicious software and a ton of different file formats. The idea is they receive this Nectar token for accurately predicting if something is malware or not. Because of the trade-off in antivirus is, you as a user need to know, hey, don't open that file right now, but actually we can come back a little later and figure out if that file is malicious or not. So we're really asking the expert software to predict whether or not something is malware or not. And I can dive a little deeper, unless you want to stop here for questions.
0: Well, well, I'm looking at, you know, on the website, you actually have a link that says how it works, um, how the Nectar token works. And, and, you know, I like pretty pictures and animations. And you've got this <laughs> cool little graph of, you know, data flying around, uh, you know, from the security expert into the bounty. And from the bounty, it flows out, you know, into the, uh, the arbiters. And uh, if, if you're not familiar with all this terminology, um, it'd be easy to get lost in this.
2: Yeah, and we, we agree with that. We, we've done a, uh, I'll, I'll sort of borrow a term from Hugh here. We've done a, a good deal of work to try and decomplexify it. But, you know, we tried to get it into its simplest terms here. But unfortunately, there are a few terminologies and a few, piece, a few words that we need to sort of pick up. So uh, for the more technically inclined or some people who want to look into it, we're actually building what's called a skill required prediction market, and the thing we're asking experts to predict on is whether or not something is malicious or not, essentially. And we have two modes for doing that. There's this thing called bounties, which you see on the website, and they're they're kind of simple to understand, right? It's like a it's like a Wild West poster, and someone posts a a file up or a piece of software, um, an antivirus software, posts a file to this community of experts, and the basic question is. Is this thing malicious or not? And then the experts come in and they essentially put their tokens on the answer to that. They say, yes, I think it's malicious. And here's five nectar that says it's malicious. Or no, I think it's not malicious. And here's 10 nectar that says it's not malicious. At the end of that bounty, meaning the expiration time, sort of a winner is decided. And I'll get to how that's done in a second. And the idea is the uh, the winning side gets paid from the losing side in proportion to how much they say staked. So if you st- or uh staked 10 tokens and I staked five, you you'd get paid out if, if 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 our side won, uh two to one what I got paid out, essentially in Nectar.
1: I have a question around your your technology. Is it um are you guys building it on a blockchain? Or are you building your own blockchain for this?
2: Sure. So we are using Ethereum as sort of a um as sort of the the core synch- synchronization method here. Uh, we are, are however, uh, building a bit of a sidechain solution because, uh, again, an antivirus, we want to get this down to a response time of about 250 milliseconds. And you can't do that with Ethereum and its 15-second block time, right? Uh, so the idea idea is that we basically um, do the settlement, essentially the payments on top of Ethereum uh, within those block times. And we also record um, sort of the, uh, a hash that represents all the bounties and offers that were, that were sort of answered and how they were answered in that 15-second that sec- time chunk. Um, and this is mostly to get around some of the scalability limitations of Ethereum, which I don't want to call Ethereum bad names here because, let's be honest, what they've done in, in sort of a smart contract executing blockchain solution. It runs publicly is pretty amazing, right? The fact that it's, it runs at scale every day and doesn't break, that's amazing. Well, let's take a look at uh, the
0: team then because the first thing I see, which I'm sure is strategically positioned here on your page, usually we see the, uh, the executive team first, but you've got your advisors first because your first advisor is uh, Mark Tonneson, who's a former ch- chief information officer for McAfee. So, you know, clearly you're, you're consulting with those who have been in this industry, but maybe expand on the, uh, the executive team and the experience that, that you guys bring to the space.
2: Most of my executive team, they're, they're hackers. Look, we're, a lot of us are uh, super technical. We've been playing with and breaking into computers since sort of our teenage years as, as a group. Along, along with that comes the sort of uh, R&D experience. We spent a long time uh, building and breaking software. So we we sort of understand at a fundamental level how hard it is to get antivirus right, and uh, how hard it is to do without sort of leveraging the economic incentives to get it right over and over and over again. So that's that's sort of where we started. Uh, I'll walk you through some of the other executive team. Uh, there's uh, Paul Mikowski, our CTO. Um, he's actually distanced. McAfee uh, has been you know interested in software security for a very long time. Ben Schmidt, he's our product security guy. Same thing. Uh, did a, lot, a fair amount of software development. Software breaking has been into essentially hacking since he was a kid. Um, I think we were counting it up the other day. I don't know. Have you guys heard of uh, DEF DEFCON Capture the Flag? Yeah. You ever run across this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think on the team we have uh, four black badges for for winning DEFCON Capture the Flag, which is kind of a testament to our tech team. That's comes
1: impressive. From. That's very
0: yeah. Impressive. So
2: you got you got some super nerds there, basically that are pulling. This yeah. Up. I mean, it, it's basically a, a, an award for sleep deprivation, though, when you really <laughs> <love it. laughs> but uh And then uh, sort of our COO, or our chief operating officer, uh, Nick Davis, he actually managed uh, something called NC DOC out of Norfolk, which is the Navy's Cyber Defensive Operations Center. So they basically do incident response for the entire Navy. So he has a pretty good uh, handle on on sort of what malware looks like from the incident responder's point of view. And he's pretty instrumental in making sure that we're actually helping our enterprise customers um, in what we're building. So so how far
1: along is the technology today? And, you know, at, what does that roadmap look like?
2: Sure. So we have a beta that's actually running our contest for security experts. So the idea that security experts um, can sort of uh, identify new pieces of malware and we'll reward them with some of the initial nectar um i hesitate to say airdrops but essentially some uh, some some initial nectar the beta there is actually doing this full end-to-end where there's essentially a piece of malware that's submitted to a bounty uh we have an open source antivirus software hooked up to it and it is answering those bounties and sort of providing those answers back to our internal system so that full end-to-end is working today and we should Actually, drop the code for beta uh, just after the ICO ends. Um, the rest of our roadmap is all about building uh, things like a Windows antivirus client, so something that looks very similar to a commercial product you'd be able to download today. But that's sort of uh, that's open source and and free. Uh, we want to make sure that that's very transparent how we're doing that. Uh, the rest of the roadmap is focused on adding more scalability and capability to the network and actually making it so we can onboard security experts pretty easily, um, as well as expand the feature set. So I don't know if that answers your roadmap question, but that's sort of where we see the next you know six to twelve months take yeah, us. Right. Yeah, well it's nice to see you know technology
0: being developed rather than you know an idea in a white paper that hey this is what we're gonna do. Uh, this is you know a work in progress. Let's talk a little bit about the token sale then. The the link is on the site, token And unlike mother most other ICOs, you have actually listed the countries where the uh, the sale of your Nectar token is not permitted. And, of course, you know, unless you're an accredited investor in the United States, you can't. But also, uh, if you're in North Korea, uh, Travis, they're screwed. They can't get the, the Nectar token. So, you know, it sucks. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk yeah, a little man. bit about the token sale and uh, how do people, where they can participate, how do they do it, and what does 1Eth get you in uh, Nectars?
2: Obviously, you said TokenSale.Polyswarm.io. Uh, that's where they can start. Apologies to Dear Leader. We we are not accepting contributions from North Korea <laughs> As or Somalia. Speaking. If you're in Somalia, you're screwed too. Uh, you know, I, I, Captain Phillips really pushed us over the limit there on Somalia. Sorry, guys. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Uh, Currently, uh, so one Ether uh, gets you 31337 Nectar, um, and that's currently at a 15% bonus. I can't do the math on that. I'm going to screw it up. But uh, currently, 31337 times 1.15 is is the current bonus. We have a $50 million hard cap. Uh, We actually fixed the ETH uh, exchange rate to determine that hard cap out at something like 933 before the recent market gyrations kind of hit us. Uh, so, you know, it's going well so far. Uh, we've got a lot of different participation. Uh, the tokens are being well distributed, which is what we really wanted to see. And, and um, you know, we've been uh, we want to make sure that people know that uh, tokensale.polyswarm.io is the only place out there to get the address and anything else. And uh, I want to I want to mention that we've had a, a fair amount of uh, scammers popping into the Telegram channel and other media. And that's always uh, that's always kind of rough to see. But, um, you know, let everybody beware out there. Yeah, and
0: it looks like you're uh, you're almost about halfway to your hard cap. The uh, website says you've raised $24.42 million. Is that accurate up to date?
2: Uh, it should be, yes. That's automated, so more accurate than I'm going to be. Great. Well, Steve, we
0: appreciate the information. Again, everybody can check this out at polyswarm.io. Not only uh, will you see about the token sale, but there's lots of links there about security experts, how it all works. That's where you can see about the team, the roadmap. Uh, Is the white paper somewhere there on the site? I'm looking for it and I don't see an obvious link.
2: Yeah, it should be on the on the footer. Um, yeah, sorry if that's not obvious, but give the right white paper a read. We uh, we really love questions.
0: Point. Yeah, there it is. Especially other white. It's paper. all the way down at the bottom of the uh, the page there. And where is the uh, the place that you're building your community? Is it Telegram?
2: It is Telegram for now. Uh, you know, obviously the code's there on GitHub, uh, especially the alpha. And um, I think we're going to spin up a, a forum because uh, Telegram has a has a fair amount of scam bait going on yeah it does well good luck
0: with the uh the token sale and uh travis good luck with getting your voice back
2: yeah good luck Travis.
0: (laughs) you know mr travis wright i've got my cryptos sitting in a wallet and they're just sitting there they go up they go down but it would be kind of cool to be able to loan out my cryptos that are just sitting there and earn interest on it. I'd loan them to you, Travis.
1: Oh, that's very nice of you. Now, are you a loan advisor? I am not a loan advisor. Nice. You know, know. this, this next uh, ICO that we're talking to now, you know how how we, in the, in the, the, um, the pre conversation we were talking, like they have some really cool animations, like little animated characters on their website. And I just figured out what they remind me of. What's that? The The book series back in the day, Sweet Pickles. There were all these oh. funny little characters. Like, there was a unicorn, there was, like, a hippo, and a walrus, and, like, a giraffe, and all these different ones. And it finally came to me while uh, we were doing the introduction there.
0: Sweet well. Pickles. There you go, Sweet Pickles, it is. Well, maybe he'll have something to say about it, but we have the CEO of the Celsius Network, the website Celsius, C-E-L-S-I-U-S dot network. Uh, his name is Alex Mashinsky, and he has stepped into the Bad Crypto Podcast portal. Welcome, Alex.
3: Hi, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Going great. We're in snowy New York, you know? Uh, well, it's
0: sunny in Denver, so I guess sucks to be you, but... Uh- <laughs> Tell us a little bit about, you know, I I just kind of tapped into the basics here of what the goal is, but why don't you extrapolate for us and tell us what you're doing?
3: Sure. So, yes, we we are a wallet, and uh, we enable you to do two simple things. One is basically apply for a loan, or two is earn interest. But uh, the mission is very, very different uh, than anything uh, I think you guys heard until now. So the you know i've been a coin holder since 2013 my my teammates are all uh, crypto holders and really what we're concerned about is is uh, the next wave of adoption for crypto we, we think that uh, we went to this like early adoption phase we're now at this like chasm you know familiar with the crossing the chasm uh, uh, analogy mm-hmm. yeah and we really don't have a killer app that's going to get us to the mass adoption and without mass adoption all of our coins are going to be worth less uh, in a few years than they are now. So uh, I just don't see how mass adoption is going to happen from either uh, trading coins with each other or raising money for ICOs, you know? So, so what we decided to do is, is really try to solve the problem. And, and the problem is that most of the people on the planet uh, don't use those two applications I just mentioned. They, they need something they can use every day and that something is either earning interest on their hard-earned money or uh, applying for a loan that will help them uh, build their business or pay their bills or move forward in life. And so our focus on w- why why we're doing what we're doing is very, very different than a lot of the other uh, players that are kind of trying to just become, just earn some money from issuing
1: a loan. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, taking a look at your white paper, which was pretty comprehensive, uh, you're, you're talking about some of the utilities that you're going to have. Uh, the ability to become a member in the Celsius platform community, the ability to deposit your cryptos in the Celsius wallet. Uh, Then you can apply from dollar loans with cryptocurrencies, with your cryptocurrencies as collateral, and then you're able to pay interest on these loans at a discount. Um, So that seems pretty interesting. Now, how far along are you with that
3: technology? Yeah, so we we are uh, going to... uh... Uh, have a working product uh, in the App Store and, and Android uh, next week. So this podcast is actually very timely. Uh, our, uh, our public sale, sale starts on uh, March 15th, so the idea was to have a working product before uh, we actually go uh, go out with a public sale. And the, the initial wallet that we're issuing is going to do a few very basic things, like uh, allow you to become a member and uh, allow you to apply for a loan. But after that, uh, we will be adding uh, many, many other services. The idea is that uh, the wallet is really there to protect you, the coin holder, the coin owner, and we Celsius are the custodian of the community, right? So we're creating a building, a new community uh, that's gonna uh, help hodlers uh, get together and extract more value for their coins from a variety of service providers that normally uh, would not give you the terms and conditions that we can negotiate uh, if we, pull together billions of dollars worth of uh, assets. So think think of it as like Costco. Just like you pay a membership at Costco and then they give you great prices on orange juice or on milk or whatever else you need to buy. Our idea is to put a uh, hundred great products inside the wallet. We're just starting with two basic ones uh, on the day we launch. So the uh, the crowd
0: sale then that you're doing, are you? Is it actually a token that you're offering that will operate? in the wallet or are you just doing a crowd sale to raise funds for the wallet explain how that works
3: sure so so most icos out there uh, their token is not really uh, a utility like you know you can't really use it i mean the it's a it's a currency that they use for this or that but very few icos like for example filecoin or a few others actually use the token as a mechanism to exchange value between the people that have storage and the people that want computer storage, right? So we do the same thing. We Our token is used to exchange uh, the value between the people who are taking the loans and the people who allowed us to issue the loans. So uh, this is a proof of stake uh, implementation. It's POS. So basically the people who are staking their coins in our wallets, creating the pool, and we are convinced a very large financial institution to both become the custodian for all the coins and help us issue these loans The loans are issued against the entire pool. It's not a peer to peer implementation. It's a POS implementation. And then the coin is being used by the people who took the loan to pay, to make the payments, the interest payments back into the pool. And the smart contract looks at, okay, who provided the staking of the coins and distributes the interest based on who provided, who enabled this loan. So all these things are implemented in, uh, in the best interest of the community. The community decides what interest to charge how much to distribute and all that stuff. And we are basically acting as a custodian for the community.
1: One of the things around a project like this that would concern me would be security and risk, right? Because you guys are holding um, a lot of different crypto in your wallet. And there are, you know, people who are going to be trusting you guys and then to get paid back with their interest and whatnot. So how do you guys ensure that your security is locked down to save you guys from some sort of, Catastrophic event because we've seen other you know providers get hacked in the past. How are you
3: guys? To, how are you guys ensuring that
1: doesn't happen for you?
3: Yeah, it's a great question, and, and uh, that was something that we challenged ourselves. Uh, our challenge was to create a solution that's not just uh, better from a financial standpoint, but also safer than any exchange uh, or like Coinbase or anything else that people are using today. And that's what we worked very hard to. Team up with a very large financial institution. This is a, a company that all of you, everybody knows. Uh, we we are one of the first uh, companies that they're working with. We're going to be the, hopefully the first uh, launch partner with them. Basically, uh, they have uh, you know trillions of assets under management. So obviously, they are much much safer option than just giving your coins to someone who uh, may have been in this business for longer, but they're not. They don't have. Neither the insurance or the uh, capital base to guarantee that uh, whatever you put in there, you're going to get back. So they're acting as our custodian, meaning the address we give you is actually the address of our financial institution. So we don't keep any of the coins in our possession and almost everything we will be keeping will be stored in cold storage uh, immediately. So the risk of it being stolen or hacked is, is pretty low. And obviously, again, this large financial institution is standing behind a service and guaranteeing that what they're doing is proper and and you're going to be able to get your assets back when you need them and,
0: and you can't wait to say that name but i'm guessing you can't say it right now
3: <laughs> i wish i could i i we hope uh, uh, to launch uh, uh, to announce the name in june or july and uh, obviously again in 10 years uh, since uh basically bitcoin has uh, was invented uh no major financial institution has partnered with uh uh, with any crypto company i mean uh so this is uh, this will be a first this will be a huge uh breakthrough and and i 'm very excited that they chose us to be their partner
0: oh so jamie diamond 's finally coming around is that <laughs> what you 're saying no <laughs> You actually have a quote from him on the website, uh, which says, I could care less what Bitcoin trades for, how it trades, why it trades, who trades it. If you're stupid enough to buy it, you'll pay the price for it one day. And uh, next to it, you say "Their stupidity, uh, your gain. You know, with as unfriendly as the United States has been for regular investors to get involved in ICOs, I guess it makes sense that you're using metric in your name, instead of, uh, you know, the Imperial system that you're Celsius instead of Fahrenheit, because, uh, it, it's challenging for us to get involved, but your token sale is, uh, take your pre-sales taking place now. And then your, uh, your ICO is, uh, let's see, I'm looking you're, you've already hit your soft cap, right? Yes. And so your heart, it's 15 million in soft cap. The token is C E L. So how do people participate in the crowd sale?
3: So we, we follow all the rules. So in the U.S., you have to be an accredited investor. Uh, if you're from a foreign country, uh, depending on the country, you may participate as a non accredited. So it depends where you're from, but, uh, basically we, um, you can come into the pre-sale as an accredited and, uh, fill up your KYC ML and contribute Bitcoin, Ether or dollars. And we will basically allocate those tokens to you, uh, a week or two after the public sale is uh, finished, so, so towards the end of March, the uh, the the Celsius name really I, I want to explain it because it's an important piece of our vision, right? So so the we we view the c- communities. If you think of the Ethereum community or the Bitcoin community, we th- we view Ether or Bitcoin as as the parameters of the community. So basically, every day, every second. A consensus of all of the users and of all the participants of Ethereum decides what the price of the token or the coin is, right? So Ethereum today is having a bad day and uh, the price is down. And that's because the community uh, has some uh, reservations about some news or other events that are going on. So because of this barometer as as, as a measurement, we basically thought that the best analogy for our token and our community would be Celsius. Because we effectively, if we're doing a great job for the community, our the value of our token will go up. And if we're doing a bad job for the community, then the value of the token is going to go down. And and again, our job is to make sure that we, the, the team in Celsius job is just like the Costco team. Every morning thinks about what else can we do for all of our members, right? What, what deal can we cut for travel or for orange juice or for toilet paper, right? So the same thing here. We are thinking more in terms of financial products and we're thinking in terms of, how can we get, for example, insurance products or financial products or or other types of products where we, if we have a million or 10 million members, we can negotiate deals uh, for these people that they've never seen before? Because in our scenario, all excess profits, anything that does not go to salaries uh, is distributed back to, into the community in terms of uh, sell degrees uh, representing the interest or the distribution. So we believe that if we do that, That will improve or increase the value of the token. And if you don't do a good job, the token value will go down. All right, that's great. Let's do a little rapid fire questions here. I want to go
1: through a couple of things. So, your symbol is CEL. Uh, You guys are building on Ethereum. You're building, you have an ERC20 token, correct? Yes right on. Uh, Your crowd sale begins March 15th. You guys are going to have 325,000 tokens for sale and a total max of 650 million, excuse me, 650 million tokens total, 325 million tokens for sale. Uh, Pre-sale price is 20 cents. The crowd sale price is 30 cents. Your hard cap is 50 million dollars how often are you guys updating your github currently
3: we we published the code in several locations uh, some of it is in github uh, some of it is on our website again you can also see some stuff on testnet uh, we are not a nonprofit we are um, a for profit organization we believe that that gives us some advantages uh, in the way we operate uh, but uh, uh, the idea here is to keep our pro- uh, protocols and algorithms uh, secret yet transparent so we're going to uh, make it transparent how uh, calculations are made, how who got what, all that is transparent. But the algorithms themselves are not going to be fully revealed uh, for competitive reasons. Right on. And it looks like you have a
1: pretty solid team. I mean, you have a bunch of members on your team uh, right now. Just real quickly, maybe you maybe want to g- give some of the highlights of your team and why you guys are positioned to
3: uh, succeed in this space? Yeah, so the most important thing about our team is that I think we're the only team in crypto that has more women than men. And, and, Girl uh, power. um, oh, very nice. Yes. I did notice quite a few ladies on your team, especially today on Women's Day, right? So it's a perfect, uh, perfect day to say that. So, you know, I did seven startups before, uh, this one, before Celsius and, and had plenty of exits. And the most, my most successful companies, I, I finally realized that all of them had one thing in common and they had more women than men in, in them. So, here, I decided to do it uh, right up front instead of uh, kind of having it happen to me by mistake. But uh, uh, we have 35 people on the team. About half of them are developers. Uh, the other half kind of break in between marketing, finance, uh, sales. And uh, my co-founder, Daniel Owen, is is uh, uh, also, again, very important part of the team. Uh, as you can see, almost everybody on the team has done several Ventures before several startups. So we're very, all very experienced entrepreneurs. Uh, So that's a big difference between us and uh, a lot of these other projects where you see a team that gets together for the first time. Most of us worked together before, and uh, we've executed very well before, so I think that's a big differentiator.
0: Excellent. I see uh, one of your advisors is Miko, uh, who I met um, at a recent event. Uh, Nice guy, smart guy. So very interesting stuff. Well, we appreciate you coming on with us, Alex. Celsius.network is the site, and it looks like you guys have a Telegram. Is that where you're choosing to build your community?
3: Yes, we have uh, about 5,000 members and growing, and uh, definitely I invite everybody to join and participate in the conversation. Again, we, we have some great solutions, but we would love input from the community, and if you think we, you have a, a way of doing things better, we definitely take that into account and try to build the best uh, product for the community. By being able to borrow at 9% and getting paid 5% are two things that are impossible to achieve today. There's no bank that will pay you 5% interest or will lend you at 9%. So this will replace your credit card or replace other means of, of borrowing. And, and we think that those are the best two products that kind of, like I said, bring the next hundred million people into crypto.
0: Well, we wish you great success with the uh, the project. Uh, my my bank not only doesn't pay me interest, but they charge me a fee for them to use my money. So, uh, you know, I'm all about oh. <laughs> moving away from that.
3: Thanks so much, Alex. Good luck. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having Celsius.
0: The Bad Crypto Podcast. The personal data chain. That's what Pixio Chain is dubbing themselves at the secure blockchain-based exchange for personal data. Mr. Travis Wright, I like to have a place for my own personal data. How about you? Where, where do you like to keep it? Somewhere on the blockchain would be best.
1: Aha, uh-huh. okay. Well, maybe your own little personal spot on the blockchain is uh, not out of the realm of possibility, Mr. Jokom.
0: Well, let's have a conversation here with Jorik Lartigau, who is the co-founder of Pixio Chain, the website. I'm going to spell it for you all so you can check it out. P-I-K-C-I-O Chain, pixiochain.com. And Jorik, welcome to Bad Crypto. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Explain to us a little bit about where there's a need, you know, for storing our personal data on blockchain.
4: Actually, it's not about really storing data on the blockchain. But the thing is that when we started three years ago, I don't know, we were aware that our personal data, they are scattered all over the internet, all over the web services. And whenever I need them. I never have them in my hand, you know, when I register to my bank, I want to open an account to the insurance. There's no way I can transmit the data from one point to another. So this is where we come pretty handy because thanks to the pixel chain technology, we're able to map uh, where are your data and to build a distributed profile, a distributed identity so that you can retrieve this data whenever you need them. And you can like ensure that they will go from one point to another. So basically between your bank or insurance or between any services to another so that you don't have to register again and you can have a real digital identity that you already have, but there is no map out of it.
0: Well, what's the range? What kind of data? I mean, I hear you say banking, insurance. Is there a range of data or is this all kinds of data?
4: Actually, it's all kinds of data, but in, in the mean that they are your personal data. When, when you talk about financial data, they are still your personal data. Uh, when you speak about identity data, it's even more personal. But all of this ecosystem of data, it's yourself. It's your identity. It's who you are. It's the print that you leave. And this data, they are the fuel of what business need to process you, any kind of services. And this is something you need to provide over and over, like effort, effortly all the time. And here is a solution for you, for the customer, final customer to be able to use the data once more and to avoid all this long form all this long registration that is so boring and usually business lose a lot of enrollment because of that
1: now you know there's a really big issue in europe uh, right now about gdpr and they have some big regulatory right. problems over there and that's causing some serious serious problems for some really really big <laughs> clients out there with that data and uh, and that's basically about around governing your own personal data uh in europe and so. So how is that what you're building, does that impact GDPR at all?
4: Yeah, actually GDPR is um, something we had in mind since the beginning of course we are aware of it and this is coming very soon, basically it's uh, this May, you know, so we are we are in front of it and, and of course, you know, we embrace GDPR because we believe that personal data, they should belong to you like business, they use it because they need to offer you a service, okay, so they need your data to offer the service, but this data, they belong to you and you, you should have a way to retrieve it and you should have a way to use it and this is what GDPR stands for. It's more transparency in the usage of data and it's portability of the data. And it's where we come in because we offer all these solutions and we answer every point of the GDPR. Because GDPR is something that becomes essential to consider, especially here in Europe, you know, like sanctions, they're going to be really hard, you know, on the, the business that don't follow GDPR. So we are fully compliant
0: so, so, explain to us, Jorik, how does it actually work? Uh, you know, with the data here.
4: So, how it works is pretty simple. You you have your data, let's say, to your bank or to your social networks, whatever. So, thanks to we have an application named Pixio. And uh, this application is able to retrieve directly your data, its connectors. We have tons of connectors, Facebook, LinkedIn, your banks. In France, we have a lot of banks, a lot of data providers, so that you can back get this data back uh, into your application, so you own your own data. And then this data you're able to share with some other businesses. And when this business, they get the data, they want to be sure that you didn't alter them, that it's no fraud, that you didn't fake your identification. For example, you didn't fake any kind of data. So that's why the, the pixel chain is here because the pixel chain will register every data exchange. It makes a certification hash within the, within the blockchain, within the pixel chain, so that whenever you receive data from a customer, if you're a business, you're able to see that the data you receive they are really the one that were provided by the bank, for example, or by, I don't know, any kind of social network. So you can certify the sources. So basically, you have a trustability and an exchange technology here that interoperate with any kind of data so that business, they can be sure that they receive the right data and the user, they have the, the control over it. So yeah, that, that's what we stand for and what the technology brings here.
1: You know, I have a question here because I would really like to own Joel's data. So how can we make that work?
4: Back <laughs> so, away from my data. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hands off Mr. Travis. Right, back away from the I've, data. I'm, I'm joking. You don't have to answer that. So I, I, so I noticed that you know your prototype has. You've been in development with this thing for three years now. Are you building right. your own blockchain, or are you building on top? of another blockchain because i know that you've partnered with neo are you building on neo or are you working on your own blockchain
4: no we we currently have our own blockchain the story here is that we started three years ago because we we believe that i don't know we are old-fashioned and, and we love this uh Internet of the 95, you know, where everything was peer to peer. And that's how we started. We developed our first peer to peer layer technology for private and safe exchange from, let's say, Jewel and you, like you could share uh, safely between each other, app to app. And that's how we started to build. And uh, the blockchain arrived very fast on the, on the table. And actually, Blockchain is a hyper layer on the peer to peer technology. So we basically started like this and it's how we finished with our very own and unique blockchain technology. And Neo here comes in place because they help us to build our Pixio token. Okay. The utility token on the top of that. So thanks to Neo, we had a, a very fruitful, fruitful, uh, partnership with them. And, uh, the, the token, the Pixio token, they are issued on Neo blockchain, but we, have our very own blockchain technology regarding personal data and having special mechanism for GDPR and security as well.
0: Well, this is the first time that I've seen uh, in an ICO, Travis, that the tokens are being sold for NEO. So I'm seeing on your website that one NEO equals 150. PKC. And, uh, you know, Neo, as of our recording right now is somewhere around a $100-ish. And so you guys know what you're getting for that. Talk a little bit about the token sale that is currently in progress.
4: Yeah, right. So... First about about Neo why why the choice of Neo because I I know that uh, a lot of people wonder why we are Neo and not ERC20 of Ethereum for, first of all Neo it's really cool for scalability purpose because they, they have a higher way of I mean higher rate of transaction per second and as well they were offering more uh, sustainable I uh, say ground for for the long long run that's how we, we, chose Neo in, in the first place. Mm-hmm. Then the, the Pixel token and the ICO, I mean, the, the token sale, it's, uh, dedicated to, to grow up our own infrastructure because we, we have our own blockchain, of course, but we need the, the funds to, to build up, I mean, to bootstrap our very own first, uh, infrastructure Uh, and that's uh, how the token sale come handy for us because we are able thanks to that uh, to build up the the, the infrastructure since we already have all the soft solution so we spent already three years developing the solution and it's fully ready now we use the opportunity of the token sale first to prove that we don't do it just for the the purpose of doing a a token sale but moreover to sustain our infrastructure and to give incentive on the top of When business share with other business data, when they share business intelligence, when they share customers data, then there's a monetization on the top of that. And it's where the pixel token comes handy. So the token sale has two purposes. It's to First, sustain the infrastructure and moreover, offer a usage around the, the personal data.
1: One, this is one of the things that that I always talk about is that, you know, we don't make financial uh, advice. We don't give financial advice. Why is We're that? not advisors. I mean, Why? because well, we're not financial advisors. We're not. And so we don't. Wait, I don't know if our we people don't know it. that yet. Maybe we should tell them. But they may not know they may not. they may not know that. But one thing I always say is that the type of companies that I prefer – are the ones that are the blockchain businesses that are building their own pipeline. And what I what I look for is a strong team. I look for someone that has a nice uh, prototype that's being that's being built. I look for one that has some pretty strong partnerships potentially. And your partnerships, you have strategic partnerships not only with Neo but Ernst and Young, Cap Gemini, and Price Waterhouse Coopers. So. You've built some some pretty strong uh, partnerships, and how, how are those right. partnerships helping your business?
4: Yeah, the, you're right. Uh, it was very important for us to have a real tangible ground to develop the solution. Meaning that Pixel Chain, that's that's a team, pretty 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 big team. But if you want to to offer all the supports and all the integration layers that big companies can offer like IBM. It was strategic for us to get the, 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 the partnership with Capgemini or Ernest and Young, because they are here to integrate our solution directly to their clients, to our clients. So the goal here is that we focus, um, bringing innovation, uh, making the most Sustainable technology, and they focus on integrating and implementing the solutions to our clients. So the the, the thing was to to build, inf- I mean, an ecosystem where I don't business could have the support, have the technology, and everyone knows what they have to do. Uh, and, and this is what we aim for, and we are very proud to have such uh, such partners with us.
0: There's a lot of content on the website at pixiochain.com and one of the things that I'm looking at right now is your team, uh, while we don't have time to obviously go over everybody, we would love to know the background that uh, that your your executive team has and, and I also want to note here there's a photo of your technical team on the website and uh, there's all these computers and monitors right in front of them so we know they're technical and, and I think that that's super important. But t- tell us a little bit about your team, Jorg.
4: Yeah, so our CEO is is DJ de Casbon. He's been aware of the the like the the real value of data for many years. He's been fighting for that, you know, and uh, he's always been in the financial sphere, so he has seen like the, the poor use that. Personal data are made of, and, and that the fact that these data they don't really belong to you, you know. So this is something he always had in mind, and uh, his vision. Thanks to his vision, he gathered a pretty cool team, I must say. So we have Fabian, who is also another co-founder with myself. And uh, him is more from the security side. He comes from the the Ministry of uh, Security here in France and he's been working for 10 years there. So he knows all about encryption and stuff. Uh, and this is his core. And also he has seen the use of personal data from a governmental site. And, and, and this is something he's really aware of. And that's why he joined the project as well. And he's a co-founder. As for myself, I'm more from the the research side, and I've been working many years around cloud servers and data governance, and I've seen so many projects failing because of that. And I really believe that blockchain could be a a real solution to all these governance issues about data sharing, about ownership of the data. And this is the common ground that met us together and um, build up the, the pixel chain, yeah
1: it uh, it sounds fascinating to me. you guys have have also won some pretty interesting awards you uh, you won the one billion dollar pitch uh, at the international <laughs> CES, which I found was pretty interesting, and you've been doing a lot of stuff for a while. So, uh, if, you know, as we're wrapping up this interview, you know, where is the best place for your community to gather online? Do you guys have like a Telegram or Twitter or, or where
4: do you like? To- exactly. We, we have a, a group on Telegram. Uh, so if you search for Pixel Chain uh, groups, you will find us there. Uh, we also have some Reddit uh, thread there, out there. So if you, same, you search Pixel Chain, you, you will find us. And uh, it's very important to, to, to get the community to exchange with us because we are about to launch our application very soon. We are about to launch a Pixio wallet, uh, data wallet, very soon. And uh we would love to hear some feedback from the community. We already showcased some some features and that would be awesome to to get even more uh return and feedback on that. So get to your telegram and search for Pixel Chain.
0: And also you can find the link to that on the website,
4: pixelchain.com.
0: The roadmap's there sure. also, and you could see that the pick me wallet is set to come out in March, and then you can look forward to uh the rest of the roadmap of what's coming here in the the next quarter or so. Uh, Jorik Lardigo, co founder at PixioChain.com. Thanks so much for joining and sharing with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to you.
3: The Bad Crypto Podcast.
0: So many cool things happening in the blockchain space, Mr. Travis Wright. And you know, it is said, and I believe it's true, that knowledge is power but but not the uh-huh. not the kind of knowledge where you're standing in your garage with a Lambo saying knowledge
1: knowledge and not the kind of power like i got the power it's getting kind of heavy that right
0: not that kind either. But, you know, as we evaluate all the different uses that we're seeing surface for blockchain technology, one came our way recently through a friend of mine, actually, that I've known for a few years. Uh, her name is Virginia Celos Castillo. And she is working as the CMO for a, uh, a new project that's called the Socrates Coin. And we have both Virginia with us and the CEO and co-founder, Manuel Batista. And uh, welcome, you two, to Bad Crypto.
5: Thank you so much for having us. It is an absolute pleasure.
6: Thank you. and Nice to meet you guys.
0: Yeah, we're, we're glad you're here. And the website is SocratesCoin.io. And, and I'll just say I'm partial to the name because uh, my, my uh, Yorkie that um, is no longer with us was named Socrates. I once had a WordPress theme that was called the Socrates theme, and I'm partial to the Socratic method of, uh, cause logic, you know. So we're glad you're here.
1: Wait, wait. So it's not the Socrates coin?
0: <laughs> we used to call the dog that occasionally as well. <laughs> so, Socrates.
1: Oh, you that's know
0: <laughs> so let, let's talk a little bit about why the creation of a token like this in the first place. What is the uh, the problem in the world of education that we even need to be looking at something like this?
5: Mm, yeah, well, I mean, if anyone's ever gone to school <laughs> of any form of measure, I think that they would realize that. It's not really in alignment with the way that we as humans think and act and uh, express our passions. It's way too linear. Me, myself, being a creative, uh, the arts have always been incredibly suppressed. I was always behind in, in math and physics and chemistry and things like this. Um, and so, you know, we, we're working currently in a system that is 200 years old, that has been built for the industrial age, you know, kind of, repeat, 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 repeat. And this is not uh, the way that we're going to be in the future, right? So actually, interestingly enough, in 2030, 800 million of the jobs that exist today will no longer exist. And that's only 12 years from now. So kids that are currently going into school, when they finish, 800 million of those jobs won't exist anymore. And so I know there's a lot of people trying to tackle this problem right now, but I think we have to move faster and we have to dive a little deeper in terms of Rethinking also how do you learn, right? How do we get tested? What are we teaching? Who's qualified to teach? And um, this is what we're trying to tackle with Nauka and Socrates Coin.
0: Travis, your job might not exist in twelve years.
1: Oh
5: man, That's
0: what are you horrible. gonna
1: do? I don't know, man. You're probably you're gonna retire on your cryptos. Hang, hang out, hang out on the moon with my Lambo. <laughs> um, you know this. You, you're so right on this because, you know, my my son, I have a son. He's sixteen. My daughter's twelve. And, you know, it just seems that the school system is not built for the age where everyone has (laughs) this massive distractions, right? We have this attention span of, like, less than a goldfish now, right? And we all have these devices at our hands. And school, traditionally, and I've always had a problem with this, it's, here, we're going to tell you what to think, tell you what to know, we would like you to memorize it, and then recite it back to us on the test, right? And that doesn't work anymore because that doesn't create critical thinking people, right? It doesn't create a citizenry of people who actively participate in thinking and trying to solve problems. It just says, no, this is what I think, I know, and this is my feelings, and that's what you. Th-. But you, we don't have any, you know. It doesn't teach, you know, discourse and 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 how to get along and to debate and whatnot. So it's really interesting how how schooling has conditioned us in a way so how is socrates coin different and how might the future of education look if your project is uh, wildly successful
5: yeah um amazing so basically the vision is okay so here it goes hogwarts meets the matrix right so it's it's kind of like that that mixture of things so well, other than you
0: being- kung fu Harry, Harry Potter was the one though, wasn't he? Uh, you know
5: <laughs> Exactly. So no, I mean, imagine being able to kind of download information into your brain, right? And so the way that we envision this is through creating um, and learning by creating memories, right? So I mean, what's the best way that we've ever learned anything? And me, myself, I'm a social media expert. I never went to college for this. It literally came from me hanging out on online forums since I was 13 years old and just living and breathing this stuff right and so um, through so basically just to explain a little bit more for context um the the platform when fully built out is going to be a fully immersive virtual reality university so you can put on your vr headset and you can just walk into a, a lesson a situation so instead of you you know learning and someone telling you about the second world war you can actually go and relive it and and relive it from the perspective of someone that was there and be drinking in this um, information as more of an experience so that it becomes a memory, rather than just something that someone's talking at you. And the same thing with, you know, biology, mathematics, architecture, the sciences, etc, where you're actually having an experience um, of a lesson. And and we're also going to tie this in with so it's not all going to just be online based and in a virtual world, but we're going to have campuses all over the world. And we, we have a partnership with UNESCO, which gives us incredible access. Actually, you know, for a Socrates fan like you, Joel, um, one of our premises is going to be on the actual Olymp in Greece, where we will then build a campus. And they're not going to be, again, kind of uh, replicating these university halls as we know them right now, but they're going to be spaces where you meet tribe of creation and creativity, uh, where you can, um, you know, have these pods of of VR lessons and, and kind of work on projects together. And so the idea is also that these campuses that we're going to have, you're going to be able to also access them through VR. So you're going to be able to walk there also virtually as an avatar, seeing other people around you.
0: But your website talks about um, Nauka World. It's spelled N-A-U-K-A and this is the, the university. Maybe uh, Manuel, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what that is.
6: Exactly, yes. Na- Nauka World is actually the uh, overall layer what uh, Virginia just told you about. Nauka University is one part of Nauka World and all the together is this, what we spoke of before about it, that you can imagine a mixture, just imagine flying into Pandora in Avatar and this will be the description of Nauka world, which you can live in the VR space. But then also we uh, emphasize community and tribe building in the real world. And with the different plots that we got uh, today, that the, uh, Virginia already mentioned, there is some more very interesting ones. There is, for example, one on the island of San Salvador where Christopher Columbus landed the first time in America. And then there is also a, a sp- plot in Yucatan where the meteorites fall down and uh, wiped out the dinosaurs. And we got plots there, very interesting ones where we will have the real ones on on the Earth, places which will be replicated in VR space where can. Uh, all our students and um, lifelong learners can also build out their communities and uh, no matter where they live around the world.
0: So if this is like Pandora, does that mean everybody's going to be tall, skinny, and blue? <laughs> just you
1: know, asking for a friend.
5: You never know. You never you know. know, never right?
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask, like, wow, we're putting all of these, um, all of these like, like schools and buildings where – Tragical, <laughs> like, like catastrophes, like have happened. So maybe, hopefully, <laughs> moving forward, that, that will be the case.
6: <laughs> Where change happened, let's say, let's call it like that, not catastrophe, but like just change happened. As we, we emphasize to say that the world changes change itself, we can just give signals to the world.
1: Very good. No, I, I love that. And so you, you mentioned something about, you, you know, and, and Joel picked it up, Avatar. Now, is this sort of like Second Life where you're going to be able to see your avatar walking around and you can talk like and you can see other people's avatars inside the classrooms and stuff? Is that kind of how that's set up? Yes, absolutely. That would be that would be really interesting. Uh, well, let's actually let's talk a little bit about the technology then because that's one of the things that our, that our fans always like. Um, they want to know about the white paper. The white paper is it's ready to go, right fully baked
6: yeah it's on the site, and uh, there will be a new version coming out next week because of lots of the developments which we're working on, and our white paper we, uh, is a very visionary white paper, and many many people might. Uh, not like it of the of the huge vision that we have on it because you have to be uh, have to be very visionary and have a very open mind to see this what we already saw and which has been created and networked for the last 20
1: years well we have a very very closed mind around here on the we don't we don't we don't like things Uh, what about the prototype how far along is your technology
6: The prototype, the first, the first layer of our uh, basic platform will be laid out as an MVP. And when the ICO is over and we will do a presentation on it. So the first layer will be a 3D learning environment, not, not the VR immersive one.
0: So, yeah, as I'm thinking about VR, you know, VR has not quite um, arrived for the masses yet. I have an Oculus Rift. I've had one for a couple of years. I get it, but most people still don't have one. So how do you see yourself, um, you know, uh, being able to appeal to those that, you know, need this education uh, might not have the budget to be able to afford VR type of hardware?
6: We are also, uh, right now, we are at, at a very good position where we are uh, going to build our own simpler version ones of VR goggles. Uh, this will be done and prepared for Nauka exactly because of this reason of expense and being expensive. And that's why we, we do also a mixture. The platform will have a mixture between VR and AR technology.
1: So real quick, so let's let's do some rapid fire. We got a few minutes into this. We got we got a couple minutes left here. Uh, let's talk real quick about the team. Like, you guys have a history of doing work in this type of industry. How ex, you know what kind of expertise do you guys have around VR to be able to pull off something of this magnitude?
6: It's, uh... Personally, the, the, we have a very large team, which is very, very new for uh, something that, we, uh, that all the other people would call us a startup because uh, our founder had this idea of creating a virtual university already in the year 2000 where he was called crazy and it's science fiction. And so now we are uh, doing this and making it reality what he envisioned 20 years ago, but what, what did, did happen in these 20 years that he created a huge network of scientists and engineers which go from uh, Russian, Russia, where we have uh, one of, of the best scientists and engineers which work on our project up to Mexico, where there's the super data center which we have access to and where, where our CTO is located right now and working on our project.
5: Yeah, I have to say as well, from my side, I mean, Joel, you've known me for a while now, I only work on projects that are really, um, I guess, creating a change in the world. And what really drew me to this is just is the team It is all the people involved. And it's quite interesting as well, because when I met everyone over um, at our headquarters in Malaga, uh, there's a lot of scientists, there's a lot of doctors, there's a lot of people that are not familiar with the online space that that have all their conversations still on the landline. And but these are extraordinary people. And these are people that really, um, you know, have ideas that are going to change the world. And and that, you know, I've kind of come, you know, you're asking about expertise. So mine is the social media and the marketing space. And uh, that's kind of my job to shine a light on everything and to tell the story of what we're creating. So there's a, there's a lot of videos, there's a lot of interviews with different doctors and, and partners that are involved, you know, from the founder, etc.
0: What is this so, landline bring, thing you speak of? I'm not, <laughs> not familiar right. with that.
5: It's the future. future. I, it is. Well, we're going to bring it back, you know, virtually in, in Nauka University. So watch out for that.
0: Making landlines sexy again.
1: <laughs> that is true. I wanted to mention that because you guys have like 20 people on your team on your website. And then on the side it says plus 15 more. It's like, wow, so you got all kinds of people over there working the magic in this yeah. particular space. Very and cool.
6: Is very broad. So, uh, like, these, uh, these are the ones that we mentioned. And that's why I, I mentioned before, because we have lo- lots of possibilities of access of very, very young and good, very good entrepreneurs and engineers, which are, are in Russia and in Mexico right now.
1: Right on. What kind of um, what blockchain are you guys building it on? And you guys have a, a GitHub repository that you guys are updating?
6: So the, the, uh, the platform which will be built on uh, blockchain will then be also on, on, on GitHub. But our token, which will be the exclusive payment method for all projects, uh, which will be for Nauka World, is an ESC20 token on the Ethereum blockchain.
0: Okay. And uh, it appears that, you know, you've got your token sale going on right now at SocratesCoin.io. And how would somebody participate in this?
6: It, uh, you you could just you just go to the Socrates.io website. And plug in your email address, and you get a unique Bitcoin address and a unique Ethereum address plugged to you, where you just send your Bitcoin into Ethereum and get the certificate immediately afterwards to your email. And then, as soon as the token sale is over, tokens will be delivered to your Ethereum wallet address, which you plugged in.
5: Yeah, and if anyone has any questions, definitely jump on our Telegram. It's Socrates Society. And I'm basically, there, active day and night. <laughs> uh, Telegram is like my new favorite thing. So um, any questions, any queries will be there.
1: All right. Well, is, is there anything else that you might find pertinent for our audience to know about Socrates coin before we wrap up?
5: Um, I mean, did we want to mention the thing of you guys possibly coming on as advisors?
1: Oh, yeah, we can definitely uh,
0: mention as we have been in uh, negotiations and talks with uh, you and your peoples there about perhaps coming on as advisors on Socrates coin, uh, Mr. Travis Wright and myself. And we are big believers of knowledge and education. And it's one of the things that you know, we seek to do here at Bad Crypto. And we do it with a spoonful of sugar to help that medicine go down because mr travis Wright is just so sweet so uh we'll keep our our listeners posted um about that as well
1: and you know what i feel smarter already being part of the socrates thing that's
0: (laughs) uh manuel and virginia thanks so much and good luck with the socrates coin
5: thank you
0: and like that another episode has
1: flown by where does the time go well actually it keeps on ticking mr jolcom and time is relative based on where you are in the universe and at what time that you are on at that on that line in universe so it's it's very peculiar it's very heady sciencey stuff mr jolcom
0: so are you saying that uh time keeps on ticking 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 into the future, future. Thought you were gonna join me on that when no. you left me hanging there. That's okay.
1: Well, no, 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 so that's that, That's the same guy who wrote the song. Big old Chad had a lighter. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Little Steve Miller Band reference, by the way. Um, you know, when I was at Social Media Marketing World last week in San Diego, the band that um, that played during the opener was actually an amalgamum amalgamum amalgam a bunch of classic rockers including Scott Page who played saxophone for Pink Floyd on their uh, their delicate sound of thunder tour and in uh, in uh, legendary Uh, musicians from other bands, including the guitarist from the Steve Miller Band and the keyboard player that played with Bill Withers, the bass player that played with the Robert Cray Band. It was uh, phenomenal. I got to meet all these guys. They were super cool. And as long as we're talking music, there's that.
1: Very good. We are not music advisors.
0: But we do advise that you listen to music because music is the soundtrack of our lives and it's good for your soul. Mm
1: hmm. Very good. Very good. Very bad. Very bad. In fact, Mr. Jocom, what should our what should our listeners do after this?
0: Um, um, uh, do good stuff? Yeah, they should do good stuff. And they should stay bad.